0: That was a great episode. Um, the the close up. Yeah, it went well. Uh, I think we should like really do those from now on. When what? When a trailer drops? No, well, yeah, when a trailer drops or when there's something we want to just you know talk about that we don't need to devote a, an entire hour to. I think they could even be done like you know by you know if you want to do one or you know by yourself or if I want to do like that it could work like that. Um, so that's exciting. Um. It, so thank you to everyone who listened to our uh, close-up of the Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice IMAX event last week. Um, it got a lot of plays. It's our highest-rated episode ever. Um, so thank you very much. And it's great to be back. This is episode five of Cut Two Podcast. Um, we've been on hiatus. For how long connor gosh maybe half a year a year what no it hasn't been that long it's only been a really? few months uh, it's, it's the last one we did was like fantastic four right yeah no we didn't yeah that was the last one we did fantastic really? four yeah huh. the fantastic four trailer the first one wasn't um, it around february i don't remember it doesn't matter but we're back now yes and uh, we are joined today by Jamie Rogers. Yeah, that's me. He is uh, a very cool guy from Twitter, but he's oh. also you know he's also got a uh, a YouTube channel where he uploads you know uh, skits and and what have you, little short films.
1: You know, just whatever we feel like uh, putting on there.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have like your own. Well, you did an episode of uh, your own. I guess a uh, video podcast
1: yeah it was kind of like uh, kind of like that we uh, just talked about the fast and Furious movies yes that was kind of fun uh, I don't know if we're gonna be doing that uh because uh, the channel is just starting out but uh, we're playing with a bunch of different stuff
0: yeah it is your most recent video uh the spoon
1: oh yeah that's uh that was uh, actually we've made another one since then uh blocked oh. out that's our newest one uh, that was just last week I think that we we're working on a new one now.
0: And that's what you were editing uh, last night. You put a picture up on. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're editing a new video now. Okay, oh, nice. cool. Yeah. All right. So, welcome to the show, Jamie. We're we're uh, we're very glad to have you on. I'm glad to uh, be here. Yeah, and we're going to talk about Age of Ultron today. And it's... before we, you know, get into the discussion, we're going to talk. You know, heavy spoilers. Like we're just going to rip this movie apart.
1: Oh, we're oh, yeah. okay. We're going full out. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you haven't
0: seen it, you know, turn it off now and mm-hmm. wait till later. Or, you know, if you don't care about spoilers, I mean, everyone Nobody cares really about spoilers. Anymore.
1: If you're just a horrible human being and you don't care about ruining the movie for yourself, then yeah, that's fine. Then,
0: uh- yeah. So, you know, <laughs> listen on. Yeah. All right. So, um, we're going to start out by giving our ratings right. out of five. Here we go. Uh, Jamie, since you're the uh, guest, why don't you go first?
1: All right. Well, uh, I give it four point five out of five.
0: Okay. Cool. cool. Connor.
2: Uh, a negative seven? No, I'm just kidding. Uh. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably like a, uh, a three out of five. Three point five out of five. Three out of
0: five. Cool. 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 Yeah, I'm in that range too. Uh, three out of five for me. Oh, I'm the minority here now. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you you liked it a lot.
1: Jamie. I. I I'm a big Marvel guy. Like I'm not some Marvel fanboy who hates on DC, but I'm a I'm a big fan of the MCU, and I've always liked Marvel. So yeah, it 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 gave me everything I wanted it to really.
0: Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. I'm not one of those you know guys who's I, I like both DC and Marvel. Mm-hmm. I'm more toward Marvel than I am DC, but I'm- you know that's just because DC hasn't really started you know their cinematic universe yet, and their past films. They Um, haven't been stellar. Right. Uh, But Connor, he's... I'll let you tell him. I'm definitely
2: a DC uh, fanboy. Although, I I do very much enjoy Marvel's films. I've liked pretty much everything they've put out. Right,
0: great. Connor is rooting for Age of Ultron to not hit its record. You are
2: so (laughs) foolish. And he's
0: been giving me an update every morning i'll wake up to a text from connor's like oh my god caleb on rotten tomatoes (laughs) age of ultron (laughs) has dropped another percent it's over for marvel it's over i'm like connor nobody gives a fuck it's rotten tomatoes just
2: put me on blast here aren't you
0: (laughs) well you can put me on blast too what did i tell you about the movie last night what do you mean what you i told you that um i i originally gave it a what a nine out of ten
2: yeah Yeah. You did. And I kind of would just like, just, we kind of argued a little bit on the phone until you got home. That was cool.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's get into the discussion. Um, I think we'll do praises first. You know, what we thought was good about the movie. All right. Okay. Um, Connor, why don't you give us your uh, praises first?
2: Okay. Um, So I have my Word document up right now because I wanted to be prepared and make sure I wrote down everything I. thought about the film praises uh visuals and the cinematography i thought that this film actually looked better than the avengers i mean the first film looked fine but i really feel like josh whedon uh since this was a darker subject especially with ultron the visuals and the cinematography showed that um i definitely thought it was an improvement over the first film there was more i don't know i don't know if i would say intricate camera work but I feel like Josh definitely tried more with the film because in the first film, it was basic cinematography. And in this film, he tried to weave a little bit more into the film, give it a little bit more, I don't know, pizzazz. Hmm. Um, I thought the third act battle, the last 30 minutes of this film was just as fun, if not more enjoyable than the last 30 minutes of the first film. Like when they're, uh, and since this is spoilers, when they're fighting Ultron's army uh, while he's raising the city in the sky, I thought that was just as enjoyable when the Avengers were fighting Loki and his army uh, in New York City. Um, And then I will say that Vision, I thought Vision was probably my favorite part of this movie. I thought that the character was great. He had some great lines the last scene with him and Ultron is probably my favorite scene in the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, Vision had this line about humanity, which I really, really enjoyed. Uh, And overall, I really liked it. I mean, we'll get into the negatives in a minute, but I thought that it was shot a lot better than the first film. I thought that uh, the third act battle, the last 30, 40 minutes were fantastic. And I thought that vision was a really excellent, excellent character that I really hope we see more of in the future. Right.
0: Yeah, I like that you bring up um, you know, that, that third act because it wasn't the typical, um, you know, CGI explosion fest that some people have criticized Marvel about in the past. It was, yes. you know, something not really fresh because we got the whole you know army battling a bunch of you know enemies in the first film, um, but you know there weren't as many. But
2: they but they made it fresh by including new characters like Scarlet,
0: yes. Quicksilver, and Vision into yes. the whole yes. thing. Jamie, why don't you give us your praises?
1: All right. Well, I agree with uh, a lot of what Connor said. I thought that I thought Whedon's direction was like ten times better than the first one because I feel like a lot of his work has been done in TV, and that his direction kind of reflects that. In that, it kind of the first Avengers kind of felt like it was a TV show. I found, Mm -hmm. and I felt that this one was a lot better from from a visual perspective of actual movie and that it felt more, it felt, it felt more of a, like a, the, all the other different Marvel movies that have come before it. And of so just what the, uh, the first Avengers brought, which kind of reminded me of like the stuff he's made on TV, like Buffy, the vampire slayer and serenity or not serenity firefly, I guess. And uh, besides that, like, uh, well, the returning cast is of course, awesome. Like they're never gonna disappoint, really. And but uh, the new cast, I thought, I thought Quicksilver was like really underused in this, but it makes sense because uh, because Fox basically they've done Quicksilver better than anyone really can now. Like that was awesome in Days of Future Past. I don't think they could top that. He was he was all right. He was pretty good. But Scarlet Witch, I thought was great. I thought Elizabeth Olsen's accent was kind of weird. Like she uh, at some points it started to sound British. (laughs) <laughs> and it seemed to fade. I don't, I don't know if it was the greatest idea to have them do them because I don't know if they really pulled them off that well. But if she works on that, then I love the character and i love to see where they go with it since it didn't feel like they really capitalized on them this much in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like they uh, they have a lot more to work with uh, with her in the future. Obviously not Quicksilver. Unless they decide to pull a Colson and bring him back.
0: Can you give him Got some it. of that... Uh... Weird Cree like blood.
1: Uh. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they don't do that. Hopefully they uh, they keep him. They have the balls to keep him dead. But uh, besides that, uh, I guess we're going with uh, Ultron. A lot of people are criticizing Ultron for not being the uh, the the really dark and like threatening villain that the first few trailers promised us. I don't really have a problem with that because. Uh, all of the MCU movies, none of them really have great villain. Like Loki's good, he's still yes. not that threatening. I like Red Skull again. He's not. Mm-hmm. He's not that very. He's not very intimidating. And I think it's the same thing with Ultron, in that he's he's a good dynamic villain. He just it just doesn't have the uh, the tension that people were hoping for, which I understand. People would be upset with that, but I really think uh, I think he's good. Uh, there was one more thing I wanted to say. Uh, what was it? right um yeah i thought the um i thought the story was a lot better than the first one in that um the first one really focuses on them just defeating loki like just the fight while this one it they all have their own kind of small personal stories and i thought that worked well even if it felt a bit overstuffed which we'll get to later um i felt that um uh, I felt that all of them had some good character development, especially the characters that don't have their own movies, like Hawkeye and Black Widow, and even Hulk, since he... uh, Poor Hulk. He's not allowed to have another uh, standalone movie, since his rights are all tangled up. But yeah, I thought that that all the characters worked well, and that they're dynamic together. Like, at the end, when they said, like, they're going to defeat Ultron together, I thought that was more the assembly of the Avengers work better in this one than it did in the first one.
0: Mm, yes, I would agree, I would agree. Um, well for me, um, definitely one of the s- stronger points of um, the movie is Whedon's you know, direction and his ability to juggle all these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I said in the first movie that um, one of the things Whedon was saying in like press interviews mm-hmm. is that there's no reason that these characters should be together. And I thought that that was just one of the dumbest things I've heard because they all exist in the same universe. So why don't they belong together? And then we saw that, you know, they all there's all these egos, you know, clashing and and and, and just, you know, the, all the infighting. And some of that did come out in this movie, um, naturally, but um, but overall, you know, weaving these all their stories together and then the ability to, you know, focus on. A couple team members, like Jamie said, who don't have their own movies to flesh out their backstories. You know, he he was able to do that while still focusing on a larger picture. I really appreciated that. Um, so that also fo- falls into my focus on Hawkeye as a praise. Um, yeah, you know, I I thought that Hawkeye and Black Widow would you know somehow end up together. You know how they were bouncing off of one another in the first movie, and, and people were actually saying you know we want to see a movie based on um the Budapest mission they were talking about and um so it was, it was a surprise to see that Hawkeye actually has a family um in this one and uh so that was actually pretty cool and I thought Linda Cardinelli was good even though she didn't wasn't you know she didn't do a lot you know I, actually, yeah. I like I, like her. I really like her um Connor you had brought up the vision um he's also one of my uh praises he didn't again, he didn't have a lot to do, but, you know, just his his dialogue was just so good. Um, he, he saw into the situations in a different, he saw, you know, in a, in a different way than, you know, Iron Man or Tony Stark or Captain America saw them, and he just said you know, very wise things, especially in that last scene with Ultron. He was able to dissect Ultron's You know plan in in his philosophy and just turn it on itself and show Ultron his flaws And in a way um, was able to sympathize and then you know um, Dispatch Ultron, you know in that fashion the pacing in this picture I thought was breakneck But that was good because it was a very long movie and He had to put a lot of stuff in um, and it sort of it was sort of jarring in the beginning the first mm-hmm. like 30 minutes, you know jumping right right from Ultron's birth to him being, you know in a full mechanical body um, You know that, that was the very next scene, you know, we saw him go from Avengers Tower back to uh, Sokovia to Baron Strucker's base to get you know his robots built and then the very next scene we see the twins going to this church and he's sitting there under a cloak in a you know, his his full body, which was kind of weird, but otherwise the pacing was, you know, very good. And it got a lot covered in in that time. How long was the movie? Like two hours and thirty minutes?
2: Two hours two, and twenty. Twenty, yeah. Two
0: twenty, okay, so yeah, so pretty long picture. Um and then Connor, you brought up the cinematography. Um I don't get this is one thing I don't get from the first movie. people said that it was, it looked like a television show,
2: mm-hmm, which I agree with.
0: But I never understood yeah. that criticism. Well, because
2: it... you're stupid, Caleb.
0: <laughs> well, well, excuse me, sir. How dare you? Yeah, but I, I, I don't see it. how does it look like a TV show. Explain that. Just
2: the that. shots and and the it's way just... that he he tilts the screen on on some characters. It just feels really low budget. Mm-hmm. Really, like l- it
1: kind of looks like how Agents of Shield looks. It's kind of like the first Avengers movie. Look at the
2: old, old Adam West Batman films. When there's a scene with tension, the director of that episode would tilt the screen, and Whedon did the exact same thing after the team found out Coulson died in the first film. There's just some instances of things that Whedon really needed to kick himself out of doing, which he did less of in this film.
0: Hmm. Okay, I'll have to look at that. All right, so um, let's move on now to criticisms. Um, Oh,
2: boy. (laughs)
0: uh I'll go first this time here. Um, I've got a pretty long list of um, of uh, gripes. So first off this movie felt empty mm. once when you left it, it just felt like it wasn't a payoff. So the first movie, all the smaller films, all the solo films built up were building up to the Avengers and this was and that was the payoff for phase one. Phase two's payoff, there doesn't really seem to be I guess was Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that film really moved the entire universe forward more than Avengers Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron was just like a stop along the way. And I've I've read people saying that it was an important film because the team knows about the infinity gems now. But not really. I think Thor knows more about them than everyone else. I mean he mentioned them. He's like, yeah, you know, there's these stones out there that, you know, that are pretty powerful, and we need to, you know, collect them. But he didn't really, you know, impart any more information than that upon the team. Um, So that was, that's actually two in one. So it's, it feels empty, it's not really a payoff, and it doesn't do much to move the entire universe forward. I don't know, you guys may disagree with me on that point. Um, another point is Ultron, um, and Jamie had mentioned that, you know, he wasn't really threatening. And... I think that was a problem. A lot of the time, he was really jokey. You know, he wasn't Oh, for God's sakes. Right. In that, but that instant. Welcome to
1: the MCU.
0: Right. (laughs) Yes. But some of the other villains, like Loki, he was, he he was evil. You know? Evil. He was evil. And the the Red Skull was evil. (laughs) They they didn't crack jokes, and they weren't, you know. Even Ronan. Ronan was pretty. Ronan was like dead. He was just like a robot. You know, he was like, on a mission and he didn't care He didn't you know he didn't care what you said he was He wasn't gonna let anything stand in his way Now I think the thing with Ultron Is he, They just Tried to make him too much like Tony Stark or, Which I get the and I get why yes. they did it But it's just it was just too much I mean Ultron needs to be his own It's his it's you know I, With robots you know I just don't know like The android is an it too They're not they don't, they're not real Things they're, they're it's but, but what the fuck it? Um, he so Ultron. He needs to be his own thing. He needs to be. Ultron is like you know he's a maniacal, ult, uh, a maniacal, artificial intelligence that is hell bent on destroying the world. He doesn't need to be cracking jokes and you know being a tumbler girl. You know like, I can't physically throw it by my mouth. I you know, I literally cannot with you right now. Um, but I'm glad he sort of dropped that. Once we got towards the second and third um, arcs of the movie, you sort of became you know more determined and more you know cold and calculating. Of course he still you know had a couple jokes here and there, but the, it wasn't as bad as it was in the first um, first act. Um, now I praised the pacing, but there's also and I did mention the problem where it felt too fast in the beginning and at the end, The ending felt rushed to me.
2: Oh my god, yeah.
0: And I, I, because they they had to fit a lot in, and they did fit a lot into the ending, but it's just, they should have, I don't know, they should have spent more time, you know, wrapping up Ultron, and then introducing Mm -hmm. us to this new facility. I mean, they just, like, the camera is just going so fast through everything, and we don't even know what this place is. We don't have any explanation as to what it is. It's just, you know, they're there, and Nick Fury's like he's there and talking to Black Widow and and then it's like Captain America and Iron Man are like talking And then Tony Stark drives away and then Thor's there and he goes away. It's like, you know What is this place? Tell us what this new Avengers facility is meant to be is it a new shield base? Why why are these people, you know jogging? What, what what's their role, you know, so that's um That's a problem for me um, the biggest biggest Criticism I have for this film is the obvious pandering to the Marvel versus DC debate on Twitter and the Internet in general uh, really to the man of steel destruction and disregard of civilian life.
2: Oh, God, here we go.
0: Why? Why do we need, you know, visual cues to let us know that they're trying to, like, move the battle and 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 actual dialogue, too. It's like, okay, buddy, let's get you out of the city. Like, why? Why feed into this? So we didn't need this, this this response to Man of Steel and that ongoing debate. I mean, it, it just adds more fuel to the fire. It doesn't help anyone. and I'm frankly quite sick of... The, of I'm quite sick of the debate, actually. Yes. Um, in East if N. I
2: hear anymore, I'm going to physically throw
0: up in my mouth. Because you can. So yeah. that's yes. Great. The ability's there. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's that. Visions. I mentioned the vision, but the visions that the Scarlet Witch, um, specifically Captain America's vision, what was his all about? Um, What was, you know, I, I mean, I get that maybe he's, you know, regretting not spending more time with Peggy or whatever, but his was just sort of pointless. I mean, and the Black Widow served as backstory for her, and Thor's just gave us a glimpse to the future of the Cinematic Universe, and I want to say something actually about Thor's vision. Um, Would you agree that his vision did not take place in Asgard but in Valhalla? Are you familiar with Valhalla, um, Jamie? Uh, Not particularly. Okay, so in Norse mythology, Valhalla is like the gods' heaven. That's where they go when they die, but they don't die; their spirits like go there and live. So. Um, it,
2: yes, Jamie. In case you're wondering, Caleb is this much of a sweaty nerd.
0: I'm not a What the? F- <laughs> you shut up, Connor. Okay, so. Yeah, so I'm thinking that that's because. Thor's next movie is Ragnarok, and yeah. it's a, that's a huge war, and a lot of people are going to die. A lot of people. I think Thor might even like perish in that. Oh no! So no, wouldn't how dare they? So. I'm thinking that this vision Thor had takes place in Valhalla, like, um, because Heimdall's like blind.
1: Where the hell are his eyes? That was creepy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So and, and it it didn't look like Asgard. It you know he Heimdall wasn't wearing his you know his usual like gold mm. armor. He was in like a tunic thing. And um, it's just really strange. So. That's what I have to say on that. So the the visions were kind of weak for Captain America. Um, Starks was more rehash of Iron Man 3 post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, Black Widows was good. I mean, it gave backstory for her. Oh, and I like that um, Hawkeye, you know, he didn't... He wasn't, you know, into the whole mind control thing. That was a nice joke because he spent all the avengers too under... much of the last movie right right um i think i'm going on for too long i have a few others but we can you know get into that into those a bit later on connor why don't you go next
2: well this is going to be very quick because i think you and i um share a lot of the same criticisms and you've kind of said a lot of what i've wanted to so i'm not going to repeat i'll just go through it quickly I, like you, thought Ultron got a little bit too jokey. I thought his first two scenes were fantastic. The scene where he destroys Jarvis, well, not destroys, but basically runs him off, was great. Like, Spader's voice in that scene was awesome. Um, And then the scene where he reveals himself to the team as they're getting their YOLO swag on and partying up was awesome. Um, But after that, like you said, we're suddenly seeing him in a new form, a new... uh, Version of his look and I was just thinking to myself during the movie "They're do du- that we needed another scene showing him Evolving I felt like we got from point a to point B way too fast uh, I actually prefer the story of the first Avengers simply for its simplicity I mean it was just a team fighting a bad guy saving the world the end which is kind of like this film But with this film they're also trying at the same time to set up civil war I mean the destruction of after uh, Hulkbuster and the Hulk fought, that's going to, you know, come into play on the government wanting to regulate heroes. And then you have a scene of Tony and uh, uh, Cap chopping wood and arguing. Uh, so I feel like it, the film was almost too focused on setting up phase phase three than just having some plain old mindless popcorn, popcorn fun. Um, the editing... I felt like there was a lot cut out from this film, and I think you could tell that. Uh, Whedon had just said the day, yesterday or the day before, that Loki wasn't indeed in this film, but he was cut out.
1: Yeah, I heard his original cut was over three hours long.
2: Yeah, he had a a long first cut. So I actually think I might prefer his extended cut when it comes out, um, because I feel like he's going to add a lot. And I think we're also getting a different ending. Not sure though, Um, but yes. uh, So editing uh, story a little bit too cluttered Ultron too funny. Uh, The opening I I thought the opening was a little bit too cold for me. Apparently if you watch agents of shield they kind of explained how the team got together and why they're going after this guy. Even though we see this guy in the uh, the mid credit scene of the winter soldier. But I just felt like the film opened and boom it went off at like high speed and I had to like catch up really quickly. Um, but yeah, those are those are my big criticisms. I thought that the uh, the story was just a little bit too cluttered. Uh, The opening was a little too cold for me. The editing was really wacky. Sometimes Ultron was too funny. Um, And one last thing, Quicksilver. I feel like Quicksilver was underused in this film, but that's okay because I'm going to admit it right now. I am not a big fan of Aaron Taylor Johnson. I thought he was the worst part. In Godzilla, and I actually find him to be quite a wooden actor. Same. So, so I really didn't cry too much when he died. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a fan of
1: him in the first Kick-Ass movie, and that's about it. Yeah, he was very good in that film. Besides that, he's uh, he's not great in Godzilla. He's pretty awful.
2: Oh, oh, okay. One last thing, one last thing. Black Widow and Hulk. Why? Just... Yeah. I was not a fan of that at all.
0: When she kissed him and then pushed him, I'm like, "Oh my God!" Let me just. Kill it was so
2: unwarranted. Now. The relationship between them two is so unwarranted because the last time you see them in the first film, she's crapping her pants because she's scared he's going to kill her on the on the ship.
0: It's like Whedon's like pandering to SJWs now.
2: Who knows? Maybe Feige told him to do that because Feige told him to take out Wasp and put in Black Widow for the first film. So who knows?
0: Hmm. Strange probably never know yeah uh jamie why don't you go ahead and uh give us your criticisms of the film
1: all right well i uh for the most part a lot of the stuff is the same in that i do think it is overstuffed and that it's not to an extent where it ruins the film but it uh definitely it definitely could have been worked out better i think and that i um i have this thing called iron man 2 syndrome that i uh like to apply to some films that it, uh, it takes too much time setting up the future than it should when it should really be focusing on what's actually happening in the movie. It happened with Iron Man 2, happened with Amazing Spider-Man 2, which was insanely pointless because it's all canceled now. And now it's happening with Age of Ultron. Now, I don't think it happens to quite the biggest, the bigger extent that it happened to Amazing Spider-Man 2. But I do think uh, it would have been better off if we held held off on the Civil War stuff a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is the uh, Hulk and Black Widow relationship. It's so pointless. It it's so forced, and it's and it's weird. I don't get it. It didn't. It wasn't horribly done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not horribly but, done. But I just don't know why it it needed to happen. Yes, a movie that was already so cluttered. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why they had it had to add this whole uh, romantic story um, besides that uh, it's not really a real point but uh not enough uh, not enough Sam Wilson's Falcon uh, Anthony Mackie mm. uh, yeah they could I, have thrown uh, him
0: up they could have thrown him in, into the uh, helicarrier battle with yeah that would have
1: been so cool when War Machine came I really think that Sam Wilson should have come as well And started just kicking ass because Anthony Mackie is just the greatest human being on the face. Uh. (laughs) And he deserved more than just to be, like, shooting pool at the beginning (laughs) and then, like, just land it. He, his new, I think his new suit is pretty badass with the red.
0: Oh, yeah, that looks sick. And,
1: uh, but I think that would have been cool to introduce that the same time they introduced, uh, War Machine. Or or reintroduced War Machine. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, well, it's the Iron Patriot suit, but, uh. It's painted over. Now, besides that, I uh, I didn't have a lot wrong with it besides the stuff that you guys said. Uh, again, it's uh, overstuffed Iron Man 2 syndrome it suffers from. And uh, would have liked more Falcon. That's, uh, that's about all I have.
0: Okay. All
2: right. Uh, I didn't discuss this with Caleb, but I want to ask everyone this. Out of everything they introduced, what excites you for the future? For me, it's definitely the vision. Hmm. Hmm. I'm because, very excited. I'm yeah. very excited to see uh, what they do with Scarlet and Vision because aren't they a couple in the comics? I'm very not familiar, but yes. Okay. They are. Is that a thing?
0: Yes. The Vision oh. and Scarlet Witch are married at one point.
2: Oh wow! How does that work though? He's like an android. Is yeah. he animatonically correct though?
0: Well, I... did you get a, did you get a peek <laughs> between was... his legs in the picture? <laughs>
1: Was he born naked? Is that what the red was, or yeah, he was
0: born. That. He was born naked.
1: Because there's was? definitely nothing there.
0: Yeah, he's like a he's smooth down there, just like a mannequin,
1: like a Kendall. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god!
0: <laughs> um, yeah,
1: but definitely excited for both of them for the future because there's not a lot of them in the movie, which there probably should have been more of, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, instead of the Civil War stuff, but uh, definitely excited to see what they're doing in the future. Also whatever the hulk is doing i don't really wasn't really clear on that i thought
2: yeah like she's like i don't know where he is and nick's like he's probably by uh mount fuji or whatever whatever and i'm like what is he doing in japan what the hell is going on he was didn't
1: didn't him and black widow agree that they were like gonna be together
2: yeah she's like she's like at my initiation i had to get my my tube's tied yeah and he's like oh I can't have sex I'll get too angry and then that they're literally literally like let's run off together and then then he just runs off
0: alone that whole scene was just oh. In the bedroom like oh my god
2: quite honestly guys I think they gave him a relationship with black widow because they wanted to give Bruce something else to do other than creating Ultron and smashing things, but it's kind of pointless when you when you can't put the character in his own solo film Also, what happened to Betty? You know yeah,
1: if they wanted to give him a relationship bring back Betty Ross Liv
2: Relations- Tyler is bae and she deserves to be in these films <laughs> Uh, well, I wouldn't necessarily say that I yeah,
1: I'd, yeah no. I She's not the greatest actress. Yeah, that is true. That is true. That's true
0: Um, for me, uh, definitely the vision Um, since I had prior knowledge and i'm sure a lot of people had prior knowledge of the scarlet witch vision relationship Um, when he flew back into the temple and like scoop or was it into the subway train? I forget
1: Um, It was this it was the train. Yeah,
0: okay So when he flew in to scoop her up from the train um, he kind of you know, they both kind of looked at each other. and I'm like, oh, yeah Laying (laughs) some seeds Which he cannot do (laughs) (laughs) He can he can manifest himself an appendage just like he manifested himself some clothes All right. All right. I see how that could work. Yeah, yeah Um, Also the mid mid mid-credit scene um,
2: we didn't even talk about that. I'm surprised. Now no. I don't.
0: I don't like Josh Brolin as Thanos. Um, I don't either. But the Infinity Gauntlet, the actual glove, that's a very interesting um, subject for me because there are two of them in this universe now.
1: Yeah. What? Yes. That's that was recently announced. What?
2: I don't, yes.
1: I don't. get how that works. What? <laughs> there's, there's not enough
2: stones. Yeah. Like what? Well, what are they gonna be like? Oh. The,
0: what, the the one in Odin's vault. If you watch Thor. The beginning of thor you see the ice giants walking through that uh his vault there you in one shot the infinity gauntlet is full of stones in like the very very background almost in rack focus in one of the shots and it's full of stones and i think that's the left hand glove I, I don't remember i read an article about it last night i'm like oh wow so yeah so this is gonna be cool wow. um my thing i think that the one in Odin's vault might be a fake.
1: <gasps> Ooh,
2: that makes sense. I wonder what else he has in that. Or
0: vault. since, or since the Infinity Gauntlet can alter everything, that and there, this was a theory that the Odin from another universe gave his gauntlet to the Odin of this universe. Jesus Christ! For for safekeeping, it's gonna be really complicated. It probably not. They'll probably you know dumb it down, but. You know, well, aren't that's...
2: they gonna probably work more with the stones in the Guardians of the Galaxy sequel?
0: Um, yes. They'll probably find another another stone in there. Or it'll be Thanos going to Xandar and destroying Xandar to steal the power gem. Didn't
2: James Gunn say that the Avengers and Guardians are probably not going to team up? Look, I don't like James Gunn. I want them to team up. I, I want like... to like see... literally that's all I want like in life. Yes. That that would be am- that. That his, would get me so His hungry.
0: his comments about these movies are just it's just like Joss Whedon saying that the that the movie doesn't recognize Coulson still being alive. How does that work when yeah, Maria so Hill stupid. when Maria Hill shows up last week on Agents of Shield talking to Coulson and Coulson is the whole reason that they went to Sokovia to retrieve Loki's scepter?
2: I'm just so
1: confused. It literally makes no sense because I'm um, like Joss Whedon created Agents of Shield. It's his He directed idea. the pilot. It's his idea to bring Coulson back, and then he's totally just saying how he's he doesn't want him back in the movies because it takes away from his death in the Avengers. Like, it's your own idea.
0: Right, I so will, just cancel will, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or cancel uh, the MCU. Pick one. <laughs> I, I, I hate
2: you. I will say this. I just don't—oh, God, I forgot what I was going to say. God damn it. Something to do with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, okay. Remembered. Is it just me? And maybe I'm just looking too much into this. But does Josh Whedon sound very bitter towards Marvel in recent press interviews? It's like they're either either he's unhappy or they're forcing him. Like maybe they forced it. Well, they can't force someone, but maybe they're like, "Look, you gotta bring Coulson back for the TV series." And now that he's taking a break from Marvel after this movie, he's finally voicing his true opinions about it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe and he's he just,
1: even uh, go ahead, Jamie. He even tweeted something about the uh, Marvel executives and that they like they were telling yeah. him not to uh, tweet anything controversial. And he's making a joke about it, but still, that's really weird to do.
2: Yeah, it's, it there's something going on. I feel like we're going to definitely hear more about it in the foreseeable future.
0: I'm stealing something from L maybe. And that's going my MB for you guys who support him. Um but he <laughs> used to call Kevin Feige Finn Fang Feige which is a uh a nod to Finn Fang Foom who is an Iron Man villain. He's like a robot dragon or something like that. he, he needs to be an Iron Man 4. Yeah. Um, but a... anyway, Finn Fang Feige is tightening the noose because you know he's responsible for a lot of um, creative uh, departures recently.
2: Yes, like Ant Man not helping create Vision. I mean, not Vision, Ultron.
0: Well, you know, just him running off. Well, all of Marvel running off
2: Edgar
1: Wright. Um, oh yeah, that's uh, I'm very disappointed with that oh, because be I love started. I love Edgar Wright and I love everything that he's done. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: it's quite upsetting. That's like a whole nother topic for a whole nother show we can yeah. talk. about
0: yeah. Um I want to address the score quickly. I'm, I'm a, I love movie scores. Sure. And yeah. Alan Silvestri's score for Avengers was really good, I thought. And his themes his theme for the team. The I, theme is yeah, yeah, it's great. But yeah. I'm very disappointed that Danny Elfman didn't really use it. I mean, he yep. used a he used a couple of cues from it, but he didn't use the whole thing. And Danny was...
1: Elfman, uh, sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, that's cool. Go ahead. Uh, he, uh, I find, I think he doesn't uh, like to use uh, the same the same cues for sequels to movies. Like, if you listen to the Batman Returns soundtrack, it's uh, it doesn't share a lot in common with the um, the one from the first one. And also, he left the Spider Man series. He didn't come back for Spider Man three because. He got pissed off at Sam Raimi, who wanted to keep the same score, uh-huh. and that was a creative difference between them. I think he likes to have new, fresh music for each uh, movie that he makes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But I really was I'm not saying that the score was you know bad. I mean the new theme for the team. I don't think it was bad, but just it just teased us so much with those little cues from mm-hmm. from the Avengers, like right yeah. at the beginning there. Yeah, and near the end. I just was
2: disappointed with the score because I, quite honestly, I'm trying to remember any. Any parts of it, and I can't right now. There's just nothing aside from what you guys just mentioned. There's nothing from the score that's really sticking in my brain.
0: Yeah, same for me. I mean, Brian Tyler, he's like Marvel's new yeah. Why do to guys? I find he
1: him did. so mediocre. Yeah, he's he's average. Like it's just it's just such a Marvel score that he makes. It's just the it's just it's not anything special. It's not bad. It's just average Marvel. It's just there. Yeah, <laughs> it's just.
0: <laughs> All right. So, any final thoughts?
1: Um, Falcon should get his own movie series.
0: That's Is true. my final thought for Vision.
2: Life. Vision and Falcon should have a team up movie. Please. Yes, mm-hmm. and War Machine.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Bridges should play Jack Hyde in Fifty Shades what? Darker. <laughs> you <stop> it.
2: <laughs> God, I hate what? it. What? <laughs> so, um, Caleb has this crazy theory that he wants Jeff. Bridges to play the antagonist antagonist against um, uh, what's his Jamie name? Dornan? Yeah, Jamie Dornan's character in Fifty Shades in the sequel, and for some reason, Caleb sees this guy being played by Jeff Bridges for no damn reason.
1: I don't. I didn't realize that there were antagonists in the Fifty Shades series. I
0: didn't realize it either. Connor and I were reading the the ebook to one another.
2: We have no shame. Wow, that's. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we were, you know it was just something fun to do. And no, because
2: no, I'm I'm being serious, Jamie. If you read those books, you will laugh so hard because the writing is so awful.
0: It's just so, it's just so fan I can only
2: imagine.
0: It's just smut.
2: Well, it is. It that was
1: originally what it was. Oh yeah, yeah, Twilight, Twilight fan fiction. Fan fiction. Yeah, and it's the saddest base that you can build a book off of. <laughs> yep.
0: And yep. for some reason, when I was reading. The parts there is one scene with Jack Hyde and Anastasia where they're in their office and um, he's like telling her to do something, and he's like spying on her. And for some reason, I just saw Jeff Bridges.
2: You're so creepy.
1: No, we talking like Jeff Bridges from like R.I.P.D. or like uh, or like Obadiah Stane.
0: We're talking like a mix of Obadiah Stane and then Jeff Bridges in those Super Bowl commercials. Oh my God, <laughs> with the. <laughs> The sleeping you thing? You look, I, look, I can't there. help but my... I feel
1: like we're going too deep into this for it to even matter.
0: <laughs> we are, we are. Yes. Um, Well, I want to thank Jamie Rogers for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you on, sir.
1: Yeah, it was fun.
0: Why don't you plug your Twitter and your YouTube channel so people can check you out?
1: My Twitter is at TheJamieRogers with a little underscore there at the end because some guy already took TheJamieRogers, which upsets me, but... I'm over it and my uh, YouTube is called Super Wavy Adjective Time or SWAT for short and we uh, post a lot of random fun stuff and if you like random fun stuff then uh, that's where you go.
0: Where did that name come from? I guess it was just a random...
1: Well, we thought of uh, the most ridiculous title that we can, that we could have and then we decided that it should be an acronym of something and we dropped some of the adjectives and that's what we came up with.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Cool. cool, cool, cool. So, at the Jamie Rogers underscore on That's Twitter. Crazy. And super wavy adjective time on YouTube. Um, and I'm Caleb H92 on Twitter. Connor?
2: Um, I'm at Connor Film, C-O-N-N-O-R.
0: Okay, people can spell. Well, actually, no. People cannot Everybody
2: spell. I spells it E-R.
1: I would have spelt it E-R, to be honest. Yeah. See Caleb, so shut the
0: fuck and up. And I have some breaking news Um. We are getting reports that Mr. Esoteric, um, also known as Michael Black, on Twitter has died at the age of 47. <laughs> what? Yeah, for some reason he's nuked his Twitter his account. Twitter is gone. And Michael Black? Yeah, for what? the hundredth time.
2: What the hell? Okay. Oh, you know what? He quick.
0: went to he went to Los Angeles to direct a movie. He that's claims. what. Yeah, that's what he had said uh, a couple weeks ago.
2: Real and quick. Wh- what is it up with all these users taking breaks and then coming and back? Then,
1: yeah, they don't really take
2: a break. Yeah. No, it's like Devin. Oh, I'm going to be gone for like a few months, comes back a week later.
1: Yeah, It's just like uh, you can't – they don't realize how uh, how much they can't live without Twitter. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, welcome back, Devin. All right, and that's it for uh, <laughs> Cut To Podcast. We'll see you here, uh, next week. Remember, back.